Danny and Alyssa, I'm telling you, man, you guys, come on, come on. Daniel the Manual, Big Chris, always a pleasure, brother. Hey, Matt, thank you for hitting some. Man, I love, I love having drums in church. I mean, anytime you could smack things in the middle of service, I mean, I'm like, everybody should have a drum. We should, we, you know, that's what we should do. We should give out drums to everybody that comes in church and so that they can hit in rhythm, but just, what's it? No. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I'm just saying, I'm just not, you know, hey, Caleb, I know you're watching, buddy. We need drums for everyone, right? Like, amen. So Caleb's uh, doing a conference up in uh, uh, Kansas City somewhere. And, uh, but yeah, he's helping with a conference up there. And uh, so thank you for, uh, thank you for, uh, for Pete stepping in like old times a little bit. And we love, yep. And we absolutely, absolutely adore Caleb and all the things he does for us, man. I tell you, it's been beautiful. Um, and what, a, what a wonderful transition that has been. And so one of the things that, uh, that if you don't know, Pete has transitioned from uh, the worship leader here to uh, the pastor of, no, of uh, New City Neighborhoods, which is our home church expression that he is wanting to uh, help home churches start all over Kansas City as part of the New City Network. So it's really neat to, to see and have him back in the house uh, last week. I think you were you were back here last week. I was out. Caleb was out. You were helping out, and Ben was uh, Ben was preaching. So it was kind of cool. Thank you for the prayers from my mom. Actually, I got a text uh, from her during service. She's like, Alyssa and Danielle, man. So like in the service, so she's like. Yeah, it's like, thanks, Mom. I appreciate you noticing. I'm telling you, man, the online uh, stuff is is so powerful sometimes because you can reach people uh, across the world, right? And it's uh, it's a it's a really neat thing. We're gonna take advantage of all those all those different opportunities. So, you know, we have been. Uh, if I and I think I've met everybody, and I think I know everybody, but uh, I haven't had a chance to meet. I know we get visitors and things like that in, and sometimes people are just new online. I'm Casey. Uh, one of the pastors that have served alongside a lot of us uh, for a long, long time, and I, I love, love, love doing this stuff, right? And so uh, one of the things that we are starting today, now we've been going through this rival series, uh, but we're starting a new series called Seek 2023. And Seek 2023, if you don't know, we had a Seek 2022, we had a Seek 2021, we had a Seek 2020, we did not have a seat 2019. So we just started doing this process of seek. I don't think, did we have a seat 2019? I don't think we did. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. I don't know. You know, my memory's fuzzy the older I get. So it's kind of like, but we've been doing this for several years, this process. And right around this time, we do what's called the seek series and it's the seek season it's something that we're starting to uh to plan for to promote for next year now one of the things that i love about what what this process is is that a lot of times people will do uh, and if you're in any organization whether you're in a church or you're in business or even if you're in your home and you do a budget for the following year like what you'll do a lot of times is you'll take and this is just common practice. You'll take, okay, these are our expenses for this year. Um, you know, it's got like inflation, consumer price index, that kind of thing. I might, might add a little bit, a few points to this. I make a couple adjustments. We're not going to do that. We're going to do this, that kind of thing too. And then you got your budget for next year, which makes sense, right? But we do it a little bit differently. What we do as a church here at New City at every campus is we do uh, what's called the SEEK process. SEEK. 
stands for surrender. And you can see this on here, uh, you know, on your slide, and you can see it online as well. Surrender first, right? But what we do is, is we don't look at what we did this year and then try to plan for next year based on what we did this year. What we start with is zero. We start like absolutely zero. Now, now I need everybody to pay attention and, and get some. I love it when you talk back to me, man. Like, preach, son. Like, say, say whatever you got to do. Word, you can say amen. You can say for show. You can say oh, whatever you want to say, right? Because, what's that? Let's go. Let's go. That's exactly right. <clears throat> because this process that we do is, is kind of radical. And we're kind of a radical church anyway, man. I'm going to explain some things here in a little bit, too. Because we just think different. We do things differently. And, and we do things the way God has called us to do them, not the way the culture or even the church culture of America has said for us to do things. Amen. Thank you. I love it. Because it's important for us to do the things that God has called us to do versus the, like, we want to praise God and get God's approval and not the approval of people. Like, honestly, I, I, I don't want the disapproval of people, but I'm not seeking the approval. And if the disapproval of somebody comes at the expense of me trying to get God's approval, so be it. Amen. And so what I want us to do is, is, is understand that before we start planning for next year, around July, believe it or not, we start looking ahead at the next year. We don't start, okay, oh, shoot, it's November. we got to get a budget together. It's, okay, that we're halfway through this year, right, in, in July-ish, halfway-ish, a little more than halfway-ish. What is God laying on our hearts to plan for next year? And so what we did, we have about 17 or 18 uh, leaders in the church, different ministry leaders and that kind of thing. Rather than saying, okay, uh, let's get our budgets together, people, this is what we do. We start at zero. We say, God, what do you want? What do you want us to do? Who do you want us to, to reach? How do you want us to do ministry this year? We've got Kid City, Student City, Young Adults. We've got worship teams. We've got uh, outreach and first impressions and connections. And, and, and we've got our, our, our sound booth and communications. And we've got teaching opportunities and te- like, like training opportunities that we've got. We've got, uh, we've got all kinds of education opportunities that we can have. We have even grounds and maintenance and all these kind of things that we've got to got to deal with, uh, but Lord, we're starting with zero, and if you want to do uh, none of those things, we're okay with that, and if you want us to do all those things, we're okay with it. What do you want us to do? And so each of the ministry leaders lays down their ministry at the beginning of this process and says, God, what do you want? It's so beautiful, man, and, and, and we start praying. And so what we did, we gathered uh, 17 or 18 of our leaders uh, in, in one room, and then we said, okay, I'm going to pray us out, and then we all went to different places, and we prayed for a long time. And I said, be back here at whatever time it was. We all got back, and we said, what did God say? And I want to share with you what he laid on us. <coughs> Can y'all read that? No, good. Okay, good. I never ask if you can read it. I always ask if you can see it because my handwriting is horrible. But this is the stuff that God said. And what's interesting about this is that, that all these different things, believe it or not, had a common 
theme. Things like bless these people when give them the, 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 the living water, right? Like things like that. Like go and grab the, the, the harvest and you, you name it. It's everywhere in there. And it was, there was this theme that came out, right? And so after this, and, we, and, and again, we just said, hey, what did God say? And then let's go. We didn't discuss it. We didn't, we didn't say what did, uh, none of that stuff. It was like, let's write down what he said, and we're just going to pray toward those things. Yeah, it's really kind of it. That's how we start planning for next year, right? And, and so what came out of this is that on a text feed, somebody said, hey, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And, and that when, they, when they put it in there, I think it was uh, Mike Francis who said, that's our scripture for the year. Check this out. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Then Jesus went to all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Listen to this. This is so good. And that's awesome, right? Here's where I think this is the approach that we've got to take toward this. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, Oh, this is so powerful. This is so wonderful. The harvest is abundant, but, everybody say but. This is where we come in. The workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And this is where this knee-shaking, uh, rattling of my brain and my heart starts, starts to get like pretty fired up because what God is saying to us is that there are there is a harvest out there. Now, we have had this 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 year in 2022 a reach the lost mantra, right? Which we will continue to do and we will do this a, a lot. Uh last year, uh 2021 it was to wake up, rise up and do his work. So, you see this theme is happening, right? Because in 2020 when we were planning for this in 2019, for 2020, his uh, mantra was, hey, this is year seven in Edgerton. Your mission field is going to rest. And we rested. And I didn't like it. You know why I didn't like it? Because I don't like resting. How many people really like to rest? Some people like to rest. Well, I shouldn't have said that. I love taking naps. Don't get me wrong. But I like doing stuff. I like doing outreach. I like doing events. I like reaching people. Like I like doing this thing. Like, but God said, hey, you're going to rest. Little did we know, COVID was happening in 2020. And you know what's crazy? We were ready for it. We weren't going to do nothing anyway. <laughs> Isn't that great? I mean, all this kind of stuff, you're like, oh, wow, God, when we actually lay down our ministries to you and you say, don't do nothing, it's like, uh, 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 okay, but we're supposed to do stuff, right? And he goes, trust me. And this year, he says, trust me. You're going to do some things and you're going to send people out because the harvest is the Lord's and we are his workers. This is what's incredible. And so, what he said to us as we uh, like do this and we, we start planning for this and say, okay, as we start clarifying more and more what God is saying, he's saying, 
to us here in Edgerton, and this is specific to us here at this location, is to send them out. And when I say send them out, he's talking to us as leaders. It's not them, it's you. Okay? Because you a lot of people will say, send them out. Oh, okay. Oh, I wonder who they are. No, it's me. It's me. It's you. It's us. No matter what God says to go, we're going to be sent out. Because if, if, the, if the harvest is plentiful, as Jesus has said, but the workers are few, and, and the harvest belongs to the Lord, and we're asking the Lord and praying to the Lord to send out workers into his harvest, then he is going to send you to the harvest. And what's interesting is that I, I know a lot of people like, and by the way, you know, Tina uh, almost forgot again, that's all right, to celebrate what we did yesterday. I mean, hundreds of people came, right? It was amazing. It was like, Wow, this trunk or treat thing is kind of a kind of a cool thing. And I'm out there on the street with Scooby Doo. You know what's funny? It's just side note. What's really funny is the number of adults that will go by and they like scream out the thing, Scooby! Wow, you know, like that. And I'm out there with like truckers, like you know, that kind of thing. It's fantastic. People are having a ball, right? Plus, my Scooby costume is rocking. But it's amazing. Like, like people are like, Scooby Doo, yeah, man, it's awesome. Like, it's great. Like, it's so much fun, right? But what's cool is that all the planning and all the stuff that, that Tina and Alicia and a lot of the volunteers did, man, they've already forgotten about it because they're thinking about the next thing. They're thinking about, okay, we got blessing baskets coming up. That's why we forget, right? We're thinking ahead. Okay, that's yesterday's home run. We can't celebrate that. We got to go get new ones, right? That's how we think. And it's, 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 a, it's an awesome thing. I have trouble celebrating what we do, and I get we got to get better at that. But I understand why Tina's like, oh, I almost forgot again. But good job, for real. Everybody just like, for real, good job. So much fun. So much fun. So this idea of having compassion on, on folks, and really hit home for me this past week. Thank you guys for praying for my mom, who's, uh, I know, watching right now. Mom, I love you. I know we all love you. Um, yeah, man, watch it on our Facebooks and our YouTubes and stuff like that. But thank you, and uh, thank you guys for praying. You know, we've got some, got some uh, things to do this, this upcoming week. We'll find out some more information that uh, people have been asking, how's your mom, what's next, what's going on, that kind of thing. And so uh, a, lot of people, a lot of prayers. Mama Jerry, everybody say, Mama Jerry, we love you. Right on, man. And I know a lot of us have family members that are sick and things like that, right? And so, uh, you know, but we're going to continue praying for those kind of things. And, and when we start talking about reaping a harvest of souls, man, I want us to be, be like really thinking through like who, is, who has the power to do this. It is not you and me that has the power to, to save souls and to harvest souls. That's God. But we do have the power to be obedient to Jesus who says go into the harvest. Amen, right? And so there's some highlights that you're going to see in this, uh, uh, this ministry plan. Did everybody get a ministry plan, one for family? We're actually going to have a, a, uh, an opportunity for you. If you want to, you can scan it and review it on your own, that kind of thing too. Um, we've got, and it's, it's the summary of this ministry plan. If we put everything in there, man, it would be like an encyclopedia, okay? So we don't want to necessarily do that. But 
But I want to give you a couple of highlights about what's coming up in, in 2023. A Broken Chains ministry that is going to be, which is an addiction ministry that uh, Mike and Amy Francis are leading out on. And they're going to be like reaching the Johnson County Detention Center. The, the, they're going into the prisons for this. This is going to be something new, new for us. Why? Because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We're going to have... And we're, our goal is to send nine people out of this church to an international mission someplace across the world. We've never, and in 10 years that I've been here at this church, we've never had an opportunity to go across the world as a church. And, and I'm not saying that we're going to ignore the local thing. We still want uh, a, a new city in every city in Kansas City, right? But we are looking at an international mission Opportunity. 21 Thanksgiving meals to residents in Edgerton this year and next year as well. Partner with two global... Oh, this is so cool. We want to we have uh, global church planters in Ethiopia and Thailand to help them plant churches out of New City. Let's go, right? So I know God's expanding these things. Uh, this year... You know, we have a, a discipleship process called D3, <clears throat> and it's, it's crazy good, and it has ruined me, <laughs> I'll be honest, and I'm going to tell you why, right? Because we want to deploy 25 discipleship leaders next year. Like we like people that are deployed and trusted not only with leadership in the church but with trusted with other people to help them to learn to be obedient and we want to help them to 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 teach forty five new people to be obedient to Jesus. Why? Because discipleship is not just Bible study. Discipleship is not just teaching the Word of God correctly. Those things are important to discipleship. But Jesus said in Matthew 28, uh, 16 through 20, the Great Commission, he said to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in every nation. And then he says to teach them to be obedient to everything I've commanded you to do. Here's why this has ruined me. I, so I'm with family this week. Gosh, oh man, it's so funny. But I, but I can't look at things the same way. I can't look at what's common sense. I can't look at proper doctrine. I can't look at the uh, approach of the theological seminaries and say, yep, that's how we should do things anymore. Now, I'm not saying those are always wrong. I'm just saying I, got, I look at these things through the lens of the Scriptures. And it bugs me sometimes some of the things that people say and it also bugs me with how sometimes people will align behind these folks and say, well done, leader. Let me give you an example. I watched this documentary. Uh, I won't name it or anything like that because I don't want people to go and go, oh, i got to check it out. and everything. Some of you may have looked at it. But it's basically a documentary on the history of the church and how in recent history, leftists, communists, you name it, have started to infiltrate, woke, you know, all that kind of stuff, has started to infiltrate our, our uh, seminaries, 
our theological institutions and our churches, right? And he named a bunch of folks, a bunch of prominent, you know, people and things like that, and how they have started to embrace this woke, leftist, communist, you name it, whatever kind of stuff. And it's important for us to understand what's going on here. It's important for us to see and, and be aware. But here's the problem I had. At the end, the solution to all this was preacher, you got to preach the word of God boldly and courageously. And, 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 and you in the audience, you need to stand up for your faith. And sometimes that means maybe losing your job. And sometimes it means maybe you're not going to get invited to the family reunion because of your faith. you got to be bold. Now, and then he stopped there. And everybody clapped. Yeah, preacher, that's right. It's not right. It's not right. It's not right because it's incomplete. It's not right because that and that alone isn't what Scripture says will transform lives. Preaching the Word of God and teaching the Word of God is crucial to any proper God-fearing church. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But it don't end there. It don't stop there. See, Jesus said to go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to be obedient. He didn't say teach them my word. He didn't say teach them my my Bible. He didn't say teach them proper doctrine. He didn't say teach them proper theology. He didn't say make sure they understand Scripture. So when I get asked, hey, what would you think about that documentary? (laughs) I guess I'm just not as diplomatic as I used to be. Maybe I'm just getting old and to the point where I'm like, I don't care, I'm just going to say it, right? Maybe. And if you're watching online, man, listen, I want you to understand, I am not, I, I try my best not to have a critical spirit, but when it comes to the things of the Word of God, and people say, this is how you deal with this stuff, and it doesn't match up with the Word of God, and yet they claim that you should study the Word of God and know it, man, it bugs me. I'm like, so you're saying that the solution to avoid this demonic influence in the church is to preach the word of God. And what I was asked was, what do you think about that? I'm like, well, we should preach the word of God. The problem is their solution, if we're not careful and we don't do what the word of God actually says, will teach people and lead people to be more like Satan than they are like Jesus. Okay, <laughs> it shocks people when you say this because people will, they'll line up. That's right. I'm going to try to get somebody that teaches this way. I'm going to try to get somebody that teaches and teach and teach and teach. And, and we got to, all we got to do is preach the word of God. And that's all we need to do. And we got to be bold, stand up for our faith. And like, no, no, no. What does the word of God say? The word of God says, teach them to be obedient. Word of God says in John 14, starting in verse 15, and Jesus repeats himself a bunch, says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. And he says, if you don't love me, you won't do what I say. And the common thinking of a lot of people, and man, they're getting led astray so badly, is that all we got to do is just learn and study and make sure we're We're being taught correctly. And I'm like, um, if you think that's all it's going to be, then 
Jesus would have embraced the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers of the law a lot more openly than he did. Because that's what they did. He didn't like it very much. And we've got to be thinking straight about this stuff. Amen. We've got to be teaching people to be obedient to what Jesus has commanded us to do. We've got to be able to be the kind of church that doesn't just teach the word, but actually acts on it and is obedient and teaches other people to do the same. And, and, and oh, if that is not enough, this whole E3 we're doing on Wednesday nights has completely ruined me. Because at the end of this documentary, when the credits are rolling, here's what he says. He says, pray this prayer with me if you don't know Jesus Maybe you need to know Jesus. Let me, let me help you pray this prayer. Uh, dear Jesus, uh, um, something along the lines of, I'm sorry for my sin. I want you to save me, and I want to go to heaven. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Uh, amen. And I said, so two things about this. Number one, his solution is incomplete. Number two, this, this uh, leading someone in this prayer with all the greatest of intentions could actually send them to hell. Because if we're not careful, then we will lead somebody into a prayer like that and not help them understand what salvation actually is, which is, which is written down in Romans, which says to, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus has risen from the grave, and you confess with your mouth and mean it and step toward it that he is Lord of your life, meaning you do what he says, meaning you're obedient to him, then you are saved. And yet, a lot of times when we lead people into a prayer like that, hey, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I repent. Save me. And we let them go about their way. They might be saved. They might not be saved. That's up to God, but here's the deal. If they say that, word, that, that prayer and they ask Jesus to come into their heart, but yet they don't really believe that he rose from the dead, I mean, come on, really? That's impossible. They're not saved. That's the problem. This is what the Word of God says. It's not my, like... I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, hey, everything that we do, every critique I ever make is based on the scriptures. And those that promote, hey, we've got to teach the scriptures correctly. And Okay, what, does they, what do they actually say then? Because if they say the solution to the world's problems is to teach the word of God, it would have said that. It doesn't say that. What it says is teach them to be obedient and that's when Jesus says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Because if we want Jesus in our house, we got to do what Jesus says. Period. His love language is not physical touch or acts of service or gifts or whatever the love languages are. Those are great, and I love those things. But his, his love language is obedience. If we love him, we'll do what he says. Period. And that's it. See, we're going to... Train staff in evangelism training. We're going to train other, which we've started this E3. We want to have 100 new families in this church in 2023. I think we went up to, I think we're up to half of that this year. Listen, if you think we've done a bunch of stuff to go into outreach and do outreach opportunities this year, 
you ain't seen nothing yet. I, I, I will say this to the outreach director, Tina. Uh, you might be a little bit crazy. Amen. But, hey, fit right in with the family, baby, right? <laughs> Why are we all? Like, seriously, I love this. When I say crazy, from the standpoint of it's foolishness to people. But it's not foolishness to God. This is what he said. Like, we ain't seen nothing. Like, every ministry is going to have their own outreach. Like, there's going to be so many opportunities for you to get to work in the mission field. You're going to be like, this is, this is awesome if you're his, right? We're going to be training people to mobilize uh, those people that have been called into the harvest. We're going to be, uh, be trained and taught by accredited professors. We're going to have each ministry leader having their own outreach opportunity. So life skill training for students, leadership development and training for 17 of our leaders to be able to recruit and deploy leaders of their own. We want to increase our teaching team, not because, man, we need to have a whole bunch of people teaching, but because we need to have preachers and teachers ready to go to the next campus, church, neighborhood, home. All the beards. Freaking love these guys. If you want to work the sound booth, you have to have a beard. I'm just saying. I've been told that. <clears throat> oh, yeah, you got the fake ones. That's right. So if you want to, but you don't have a beard, they've got one for you. It's, it's fantastic, right? It's beautiful. But, but I, love, <laughs> I love this because it drives these guys crazy when the systems don't work. And you guys, I want to just really help you guys, man, and, and, and like applaud you guys for all, that you've, all the work that you've been doing. But it is not, it is not so that we can have a cool live stream. It is so that we can have 150 people watching. And you never know, I had somebody say this morning that they were um, watching on FaceTime during the first service and things. And, and they were in tears over something that was done, said, music, I don't know, right? When my mom is like, oh my gosh, look, it's a beautiful service. It's not just so that people can go, wow, you got a cool live stream. I want... The harvest. God wants the harvest. I want us to desire deeply the harvest no matter where it looks. Like we've had people that have been online and said got convicted to get baptized. Cool. Jesus gives us the internet. We're going to use it for his glory. Because everybody what's that? No, it's all right. Someone ought to. Exactly, man. Because it can be used for his glory or not. We're going to do it. And we want to have 250 people in our Sunday services. 150 people watching online, 250 on Sunday, right? When we get too big, we get over that, we'll send some people out to a new church. Let's go start a new one. Amen. Let's go start out. We'll send them to a home. We'll send them to a neighborhood. We'll send them to Olathe, which is going to start next year, right? We've got Believe Church starting in, in Spring Hill on Easter, man. Hey, we'll send you, man, right? Like, let's go. So here's what we promise. Here's what God has laid on us to do. We will equip, encourage, and send workers to reap his harvest. We will encourage worn out workers and give them rest. 
We will enliven workers who have rested long enough. Some of you are watching online right now. We're coming for you. Yes, we are. Close up on this. We're sending you. Oh, 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 everybody in here laughing? We're sending you too. We're all in this together, baby. All right? Seriously. Going to not do this? Oh, yeah, I kind of got out of the habit because of COVID. I almost said something I shouldn't. I get pretty fired up about this, right? Here's the deal. I haven't named anybody by name. So if you're convicted, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Get to work. Amen? Let's go. Right? And finally, we will have compassion on the lost. I know people get fired up. It's part of what I loved about Relatics, and we'll probably do that again. What I love about Relatics class that we had, the city group, is that you know, we, we, we talked about all the different things, all the woke culture, all this, that, and the other, and, the, you know, uh, LGBTQ, IA, whatever, all this kind of stuff. We talked about how to deal with that kind of stuff. And, and people, are, people get fired up when they see a dude in drag, right? And mad. And they get fired up about this. And, and Jesus is like, I have compassion. They're sheep without a shepherd. Let's introduce them to the shepherd and see what happens with compassion and love and caring. Now, I'm not saying let somebody abuse our kids. Let somebody come into a school and shake their thing in front of my, my granddaughter. No, heck no, man. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having genuine compassion on people that don't know any better yet. Amen? We'll do that locally. We'll do that nationally and internationally. I mean, it's a, guys, God has called us to do this. And here's the deal. Last year, our ministry budget, if you will, was $36,000. This year, it's $64,000 and 80, 60. We barely made it last year. And God, you're asking us to double that again. And so, yeah, what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be posting things online. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. And ask them to give. What? Now, I think we could probably figure this out on our own, no doubt about it. But here's what I want. God said this is what you're doing. I didn't come up with it. He did. $64,000. And we're going to be offering that. In three weeks. We've been talking about it. We've been preparing for it. And I hope that some of us have been like, okay, I got a budget for that. I got to get ready for that. But what we're going to do is one time we're going to fund the ministries God has laid on us to do for the entire year next year. Now, this scares me a little bit. And it shouldn't because I should have more faith, right? But I'm looking at the reality of our giving so far this year that is down $42,000 from budget. The reason I want us to fund everything, in my, and I want all of us to think this way, is to fund the ministries for next year so that if operationally we have shortfalls, 
We don't have to make any crazy decisions about ministry. We just do them. They're prepaid. Amen. That's why we do this. We want to make sure that the things, the reasons we're here get done. The reason we reach to students and reach to kids and reach to young adults and reach to the harvest. We pay for it up front versus trying to make sure we don't have a shortfall later in the year. If we've got to make tough decisions, it's going to be about the electric bill or it's going to be about salaries. There's going to be something like that. It's not going to be about whether or not we're going to reach the lost. It's not going to be about whether we're going to send workers into his harvest. It's going to be it's going to be paid for ahead of time. Amen. So let us, may we, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Father, we love you. We're so thankful. Thankful for the opportunity to worship you this morning. Thankful for the opportunity to send this all across the world. Thankful for the opportunity of you preparing hearts and minds of the workers for your harvest. It is your harvest. You are the Lord of the harvest. You are the one that sends us into the harvest. And we love you. You could just do it. Snap your fingers, Lord. But then you would leave us out of the equation. And you want us and you desire us to do your work, to bring your kingdom. We love you for that. May we prepare our hearts. May we prepare our budgets. May we prepare our man, our minds. May we prepare our, our situations at home and at work and all around us to do the things that you've called us to do. We love you. And we're thankful for you. And in Jesus' name, everybody on Facebook and YouTube said, and everybody with enthusiasm in here said, amen. amen.